This is part four of our previous episode. You're listening to Augustus Cho's Fry It Up podcast on the Nana Music Network. years ago, the United States Gymnastics Association got into a lot of trouble because of sexual abuse of allegations, right, of, of its uh, athletes. You, you've actually worked with Bella Caroli and Marta Caroli because you know them? Yes. Yeah, so mm-hmm. um, what, what, give us generally your, your overall thought on the problem that's been going on and some insights in what, you, in which, what some of your thoughts are. Well, and and I think you know, just uh, very devastated for a sport that I've dedicated my life to, and I love, and I know that you know there is a good way to do this and a a good way to to coach. But I think um, what was lost some way along the road was that win it at all cost is how you should do it, and it doesn't matter the damage that you do to uh, a little girl or uh, um, uh, a little boy, mostly little girls, I'll I'll stick with the little girls and that, and it just doesn't matter as long as they can go out on the floor and they can, they can win medals that anything is okay. And, and obviously it is not. And, and, and people that, that, that knew this didn't do their job in protecting these, these, these little girls. Um, I just, you know, and I, I so wish I were in a position to do that. Who should have protected them? USA Gymnastics. USA Gymnastics, you know, had people in place. And even when they knew, even when they knew things, they didn't do things to, to, to correct it. Um, and even, and, and obviously the number one person at, at, at fault uh, is Dr. Larry Nassar. You know, even people that that should have reported him and done more like USA Gymnastics, they just said, well, um, just leave USA Gymnastics and go do that somewhere else. And they didn't do enough, I I think, to make sure he didn't hurt another child. And it didn't matter that it was at Michigan State or a a private club in in Michigan. It, It should not have mattered. And they should have done more to protect youth. And so that tells you right there you know, where their mindset is. I just, I, we don't want the, the negative publicity. So we're not, we're just going to just push the doctor away from our organization and keep that hush hush rather than screaming at the top of their lungs that this, you know, vile pedophile was in our midst and everyone should, should, should know that. Um, But, but that wasn't the, the general uh, consensus of what to do and they pushed him aside and he continued to to do the same thing but it was, it was like a catholic church passing on pedophile priests into other pari- yeah. a parish yeah. instead of to a different getting parish. them out yeah instead of getting getting them out yeah. well they got them out of usa gymnastics but they didn't get them out totally of gymnastics or totally out of youth sport um and then he went on to to still yeah. you know you know really hurt other other families and other other little girls um, what? Okay, so uh, Larry Nassar, for people who may not be aware, 
was former women's national gymnastics team's osteopathic physician. And in 2015, it came out that he sexually abused 265 young women and girls. And that was huge news. And that had to be devastating to the sport, like you mentioned. But do you feel that the reaction from the organization was strong enough? Because to me, it seemed like a very wimpy uh, reaction to such an unacceptable uh, practice. Absolutely. Because, again, the goal is to protect medals and how are we uh, the way we were doing things. Now, I I think uh, Larry Nassar became possible in the sport of gymnastics and and probably other other sports because of some of the harsh coaching of athletes. If you take a little girl and you desensitize her, uh, like in the sport of just to, to I can touch you anyway, and it's okay because I'm the coach. I can treat you anyway because I'm the coach. I can speak to you anyway because I'm the, the coach. You don't have an opinion. You don't, you don't have a thought, you know, and I am everything and you are nothing. You know? I, I, get, I get that if this was Russia, where it was harsh, authoritarian, totalitarian, it's kind of a mentality. But in America, you know, mm. how, how is that possible? Well, and, and certainly, again, you're, and, and the, the countries that you say, well, where are Abella and Marta from, um, you know, in terms of that, that harsh coaching yeah, that they, they expect, you know, they, they, they expect this, and this is how they produced champions. Um, and it's worked, and it did work, but at what cost? And this is the cost that was uh, way too high. And, and again, I wish I was in that that power position. I wish I was leading U.S. gymnastics at that time. And no way this this would have gone on. And and I certainly would have said no. Pointing pointing right to that guy. No, he shouldn't be in sport. He shouldn't be allowed to 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 be a, a, around any young person. And you you take what in terms of the the difficult publicity that you would get, the negative publicity. Oh, he was in your midst. Yes, he was. And I'm letting you know he was in our midst. But then you, again. He is created by the culture that is created around these young girls who are so afraid to voice anything of opposition uh, to their coaches. They're so afraid of their coaches, and they would much rather run through a brick wall if the coach told them to and not think, well, coach, aren't I going to get hurt if I, if I run into that wall head first? Well, they're not allowed to ask any questions. You're, 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 that total authoritarian person is, is coaching you. And so what they say is gospel. You have to do it. You don't have a voice. And a lot of times those Olympic rings, they certainly, um, they certainly sh- those parents look at those Olympic rings. I want that for my child. So my child will just have to endure what she will have to endure to get the Olympics. So, you know, there, there are multiple facets and multiple places to place blame. Um, certainly Larry Nassar is number one, USA Gymnastics, I think parents, um, until you get an athlete, you know, like a Simone Biles who says, no, I'm not going to do that. And she has coaches that um, are, are different coaches. You know, I really respect um, Simone Biles' early coach. Uh, you know, her name is Amy, Amy Borman. And, and, and she was one to, to say, no, that's not good for children. And, and, and so she raised Simone a little differently than some other athletes. And Simone was quite confident, knew she was good and could say, no, I'm not doing that. 
And then I guess then the, the veil is kind of lifted off a little bit that, wow, maybe we don't have to do absolutely everything we're told to do. And maybe we can have a voice and we can speak up for ourselves. And that self-efficacy that, that we're not teaching uh, our young athletes to, to, to have is a terrible, terrible thing um, to, to have them afraid of, of speaking out for themselves. Um, and that's not just in sport. If they have a PE teacher, if they have some uncle or whatever, speak out and, and, and talk to people. But if you are creating this, that you can't speak. Only adults are the only ones that who can speak for you and, and tell you what to do. You know, that's a that's bad for, for raising children. And yeah. so I'm so glad that in my gym and seeing my wife, you know, really, really advocate for these children to advocate for themselves, even with their own parents. Sometimes um, it's a it's a blessing and it is the way that that it, that it should be. I wish USA Gymnastics had had seen that 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 light and you you got to see it and you got to know it but you got to say no I don't care we can win this way this isn't the right way and we have to do it differently well until they had to and was forced to that change wasn't wasn't going to be made and as we talked earlier you know there is a different um leadership uh with USA gymnastics and one of the reasons why you went into coaching it's because you wanted to follow the footsteps of one of your coaching mentors in the way he coached. And that's what you want to continue. Now, um, the way Bella and Martha uh, Caroli coached, were they from uh, uh, Belarus or was it? Uh, Romania. 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 Yeah, one of those two. Now, they, they are a product of their own culture. Yes. And, and, and their culture is very, very rigid, hierarchical, top down. Yes. And that's what they're people are used to, including children. So the mentality of that uh, Bella uh, Car uh, Caroli had would work in that system. But to come over to another country that is totally different, and, and we're not used to authoritarianism, I mean, there was a lot of sacrifice the athletes had to make to submit to such practice. Yes. Now, but, go ahead, comment. But those Olympic rings are so powerful. They really are. When you hold those Olympic rings hostage over a, a, a little girl or a little a, a family, um, it is it is powerful. And 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 parents sometimes will, will let again they their children endure whatever yeah. to get the status of being an Olympian. Yeah. Back in the seventies, uh, when Pele from South Brazil came to establish the North American Soccer League. He was kind of like a role model you know, trying to get the league started. Mm -hmm. In a similar way, when the, the Carolis came to the uh, United States and they started opening up the gym and that, that sort of thing, they obviously had impact. How much impact did they make in the structure and the integrity of the uh, Gymnastics Association? In uh, terms of, uh, I, I think the number one thing that I, I, I think hopefully still holds on from um from bella and marta is the fitness of of these athletes and one thing that that uh, that i think one good thing that they brought was the the fitness that the athletes have to have to to be the best in the world and other countries soon uh as the u.s was winning everything and no one could beat them well we spent a lot of time working on the athleticism and just the physical fitness of athletes 
uh, and not just the gymnastics. And I, and I think that is a, a really, really good thing. Um, even in my gym today, we, we do some things, uh, the, the tops and it's called tops and hopes um, uh, conditioning that they do. And, and so that was one of the good things that the Carolis brought. But I think the, the other, in my mind, barbaric things that they would do and um, um, was not a good and in terms of uh, working with children. It's yeah, yeah. not, not what you should be doing. Yeah, I, I understand that when they, when children were sent to their camp, it was very, very difficult. Very difficult. And obviously you didn't want parents there. Um, and all of the coaches even comply because the coaches want their athletes to be Olympians. The parents want their kids to be Olympians. And so you acquiesce to whatever is being asked of you. You, you know, you're asked, oh, this is what I want your athlete to do. And even though, you know it isn't the best thing for your athlete you, as a coach. Okay, well, if Marta's asking me, I better do it. Um, and, uh, and again, as I bring back Amy Borman, that wasn't something she was willing to do to sacrifice Simone. And that's why I think Simone could have risen to prominence to, to be an Olympic champion with, with Amy, doing it a different way, letting other athletes, even around her, see it's okay to smile. It's okay to joke around. Yeah. It's okay to, to be a girl. Yeah, you're um, not in the you army, to, you know, for example. Yeah, you're not in the army. You're not a robot. And, and it's okay. And, and what a breath of fresh air uh, Simone was in, yeah. in bringing yeah. um, uh, that yeah. to, to women's gymnastics in this I mean, country. Yeah, I, when I used to see Romanian gymnasts from the 70s, all the women, they never smiled. Yeah, you, you know, yeah. remember Nadia Comaneci never smiled, never did they, yeah. just like robot. They perform like uh, machines. And right? that's what was brought to, to this country. Right. And again, yes, it may work. It may be successful. In the short term, I think it works. Um, I think it works even in the long term, <laughs> okay. but it's still the wrong way. It's still the wrong way, regardless of, of your of your good results. And and, what, and yeah, when I say we, short term, I guess what I'm saying is that you get immediate results because of the discipline factor. And but the damage long term that it does to those children when they become adults Agreed. and mothers and and, and 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 it's just it's Agreed. not worth it. And and I I do believe USA gymnastics has has learned that lesson and they're trying hard to right this ship. I hope but so. There, there's been so much damage that that I don't know that they can run and 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 this ship and, and we have to start a new ship. Yeah, and, yeah, and people, yeah. People started started anew. I remember so when I they had that. they were trying to transit. I mean, when one CEO got in there, they left. Another CEO came in and all that stuff. Maybe you need to go in there and do it. But here's here's my point. Um, you think in retrospect from historical context, what? kind of impact or role do you think that Corolli legacy will be? Um, at this point, I, I think it would be tarnished in terms of just uh, so much abuse went on right there at their gym in Texas. Um, so much abuse uh, that you, you can't look away until you say if you if it's not something that you knew, it's something you should have known. Yeah. Should they, have, they knew, right? should they have knew. been aware. Yeah, they had to be um, aware. Just like... Uh, Joe Paterno had to be aware of Penn State situation. You cannot not know. And, and, and so I think that tarnishes the, the legacy beyond all of the results. You have, you know, this, they elevated this, this program of USA Gymnastics 
to the pinnacle of the sport. They were constant world champions, the constant Olympic champions, but at the cost of ruining lives, yeah. ruining little girls' lives and on to adulthood, ruining them. Because there is life after gymnastics, with or without adults. There is, there is life after <laughs> gymnastics. And, and to see, you know, like, uh, and, and one of my, my friends, um, Dominic Mochianu, and she was a Karoli athlete and she she speaks about her abuse at the hands of the Karoli training and she was the youngest Olympian ever at 13 years old she was on that wow. 96 Olympic team but um but what she had to endure yeah um, no child should have to go through that and um and I, I think she's working hard to to making sure that that doesn't happen to other children yeah externally you know you may be you may have won medals but internally they're so fragile from all the uh, abuse, uh, sexual, emotional, and physical, that you have to wonder, you know, is it worth it? Because Absolutely you're a gymnast, not. you're an Olympian for maybe, I don't know, four, eight, maybe 12 years at most. But then you got rest of your uh, 67 years to live with that score. Yeah, you have the rest of your life. And to look back on it, and I say so many uh, of our, our elite athletes, our Olympians, oh, I don't want to put my child in, in gymnastics. Well, even someone like a Dominic Mochianu, who who um, obviously got past all of the abuse of, of her childhood and, and growing up in gymnastics, she's opened up a gym to do it the right way. Dominic Dawes, another Olympian, who I has opened, that. opened up the gym to do it the right way, to show America that there is another way, there is a better way, and, and, we, can, and we can do this. And if more coaches... Can, can do that it's in my gym and Dom's gym and, and, and Dominique's gym and all of these gyms that we can start saying, we can do it the right way. Let's show the world that yes. we can win the right way. Yes, yes, that's, that's, I agree with that. And you're one of the persons with solutions. So hopefully uh, USA Gymnastics, are you listening? All right, uh, any closing comments on that segment regarding abuse, physical, sexual, and psychological? No, I just, again, I, I hope coaches are listening and that isn't the way that it should be done. And there is a better way to do it. And we're on the path to do it. We just have to stay the course. Okay. Amen. That ends our gymnastics aspect. And now I want to talk about you on a personal level. You're an interesting guy. You know, all your accomplishments <laughs> as a coach and as a gymnast. I didn't know this, but your wife informed me that in 2015 and 2016, you were the uh, oldest final qualifier on NBC's American Ninja Warrior. Yeah. How great is that? <laughs> uh, yeah. Back then, I was a, a 56-year-old rookie uh, on that show. A, a friend of mine um, introduced me to it and really wanted to 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 make a video to to put this to get on the show and I said oh I don't know I kind of didn't want to do it but then um I did and I was glad that that I did and they let me on the show and um and yeah I was a 56 year old rookie I made finals it was a blast I had a blast and um you know my, my wife and family enjoyed it all the kids I coached they they had a had a blast with it and I'm still doing it it's it's a it's a, it's a fun fun thing to do American Ninja Warrior <laughs> you know when I saw you a couple of weeks ago I mean you're my age and we're in our early almost mid-60s 
You look pretty damn good, man. You know, most people our age have a gut, but you don't, you, you still look fit. Well, you, you know, and, and being athletic and, and being and being fit in terms of that's a lifestyle I hope everyone can get to um, that may not be where you are now. You could be sitting on, on a couch somewhere, but you can start walking. You can just walk a neighbor's dog if you don't have a dog. Just walk around the neighborhood and things like that and start your trek with this. Now, I certainly have been one of the lucky ones. I always loved conditioning and training. And yeah, I was an elite athlete. And But after that time, I, I learned to love running. I didn't love it when I was, a, when I was an athlete. But after I, I was, a, was, was a, 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 a collegiate athlete, let's say a national team athlete, I learned to love running and cycling and things like that just to keep myself fit. It has been my stress reliever my whole life. And so I've managed to get into, you know, 63 year old man now and still be I'm in pretty good shape um, for for just a person, you know, as I uh, went to a doctor's visit once and he says, wow, you're in great shape. He says, and I didn't say that as a 63 year old man, I'm saying you're in great shape. And, and that's good to hear from a physician that, uh, that I've, I've, I've maintained well. I, I love playing with kids. That certainly keeps you young. So I, I have the, the job of my dream and my passion is to work with kids and, 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 and help them achieve whatever they want to achieve. I love it. And we're not, we're not done with American Ninja Warrior, man. So when you showed up on the set, what, what was that like? Just awestruck at the the bigness of it all. Um, And at the time, my first year doing it, I hadn't at that time done any ninja obstacles. I didn't know anything about the, you know, the the bigness or going to. And at the time back then in 2015, 16, there were no ninja gyms around um, my Nashville. So I didn't have the opportunity to go and train. I just helped or, or thought my athleticism would help me on the show do it so i get to the show and wow the lights and the nbc and all of this and of course and it was at, at like 3 30 in the morning typically i'm sleeping at that time um but one of the cameramen he caught wind that i was an older uh, older competitor he says wow you're one of the older competitors um i said yeah yeah i know i am and he says yeah but when you get my age you ain't going to be able to be years old. He says, well, I, I just turned 50 this year. And I said, well, I'm 56. And he just, he had his camera on his shoulder. And he just like bowed his camera. <laughs> just saying, wow, I can't believe you're out here with these youngsters uh, uh, doing this, you know. And then I, um, uh, another time after I had run the course, uh, and if you do well enough, they put you in this winner circle because you might be in the top, whatever. And so I'm sitting in there with a younger guy and he says, wow, you know, maybe you and uh, me and your dad could be out here. I know it's an aberration in terms of myself and, and what I do, and but I, but I absolutely love it. And American Ninja Warrior helps me keep that edge in terms of training because I want to be on the show and I want to do well. I want to get to, to Vegas and, and I, you know, it's, it's a fun, fun thing to do. And Vegas is their national finals. And I want to be the oldest in the history of the show to ever make the national finals. I'm the oldest in the history of the show to make regional finals, now national finals. That's where you, I want to be. You are what is known as a forerunner. Forerunner as a first uh, black African-American uh, assistant coach, coach, Olympic, and now even a ninja warrior, my man. Now, now just a ninja warrior. 
You know, if, I can, if I can't be a Japanese ninja warrior, maybe I should try to be an American ninja warrior. What do you think? <laughs> there you go. Uh, Follow your yeah, footsteps. Sake over there is, is intense. I had a couple of athletes go over to Japan and, and do that. And it is absolutely intense. And, and uh, yeah, they, the Japanese, they love their sports and, and just seeing athletes doing all kinds of feats. And uh, Sasaki over there is, is still um, just that. That's the pinnacle. That's like the Olympics of, of, of Ninja Warrior. Yeah, yeah. When I see Japanese TV show games, I mean, they're funny. I mean, they, yeah, mm-hmm. I know what you're talking about. All right. So as we're near the end, you are the uh, owner of Osega Gymnastics. And that's in Asheville. Let's give us some kudos to that. It's a, it's a yeah, yeah. It's a, it's in Asheville and um, Osega. Uh, o- uh, Osega o- started out O S E G A. And uh, when I was at Ohio State, I can give you one guess what that OS stood for. It was Ohio State Elite Gymnastics Academy. And so then when I retired at Ohio State and I came down here to, to North Carolina, well, I had all my staff shirts, I had checks with everything that said Osega on it. So we said, well, let's, um, I don't want to buy new stuff and think of a, a, a new acronym. So let's figure out what our OS could stand for if it can't stand for Ohio State. And so we said, how about Olympic start and giving kids an Olympic as in a grand, a big start. And so thus we became Olympic Start Elite Gymnastics Academy down here in North Carolina. But um, we, we do uh, preschool gymnastics, recreational gymnastics, uh, and competitive gymnastics. And when we, we bought the program, and it was an existing gym, we changed the name to Osega. Uh, it was really, really small. They didn't have any competitive gymnasts. And that's what my wife and I, Monica, we wanted to do. And so we, we've grown the program and grown the program. And now it's, um, it's uh, in our Western North Carolina, the premier gymnastics facility, um, a competitive gym. Uh, and we ventured out now since Ninja Warrior into Ninja Warrior. And so now we have two gyms. Uh, and then we also have um, what's called Bright Stars Learning Academy at Osega. And we have a pre-K, an academic pre-K uh, ready, readiness for kindergarten for children. And we do that as well. So we have three different businesses all under that Osega brand here uh, in the Asheville area. So really, really proud of everything that Monica and I built over all of these years. And it was a labor of love and uh, it, it took uh, it took its time getting there, but but we're there now, and uh, we're really really proud of what what we built together. Okay, what is the preferred method of people contacting you? Uh, uh, email our email osegagym.com um, uh, is um, is is the way to reach us. Um, you know, if you just Google Miles Avery, you'll you'll get to Osega as well. So. Fortunately, you know, I've done enough so you can actually Google my name and find some things out there. Um, and Osega will definitely be one of them because it's, uh, it's, it's something that we've put together uh, for these, these past 12 years. And it's been an amazing ride that, uh, that we've been on to, to, to have Osega. Great. Well, Coach Miles Avery, the Fry It Up podcast, thanks you for joining us today sharing your life, your wisdom, and your experience with the listeners. And at Fry It Up Podcast, we wish you, you peace, health, 
and tranquility. Augustus, thank you very much. Uh, and I hope you're fried up listeners. Um, enjoy this. Uh, I had a great time uh, just, just chatting with you. So I appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you for giving me this time. My pleasure. This is Augustus Cho, over and out. <laughs>